Could Jake Ferguson replace Dalton Schultz in 2023? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are discussing the Cowboys tight ends from 2022. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. It's an interesting group, right? Uh, because of the the contracts and 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 because of the group that you have of the young players. And then uh, you know, added into the the thought of what what looks you know, you look in the future. The draft class that's coming in is an incredibly deep class. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of angles in this tight end room, uh, and and you know, not even to mention the, uh, the 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 kind of change in philosophy and how that has an effect on the tight ends as well. So there's a lot to get to here. On, on top of that, it's a pretty loaded free agent class when it comes yeah. to tight ends. There's a whole bunch of different type of tight ends that are going to be available. I saw this morning on Pro Football Focus that. Some guys like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry could be released by the Patriots. Darren Waller is a possible cut candidate in Las Vegas. So uh, it's going to be a wild offseason for the tight ends. Let's start with the Cowboys group from 2022. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe, just as a, as a unit, their play last season? I thought it was a good group. You know, it was a very versatile group. They, they obviously got good usage out of all four of the tight ends that they rostered throughout the season. Uh, they all kind of had a, a, a defined role that they fit, fit into. Obviously, it starts with Dalton Schultz. You know, he was the the lead tight end. He was the guy that was getting the most of the focus. The 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 not not only the majority of the focus in the room, but a large share of the focus of the offense overall. I mean, outside of Ceedee Lamb, he was probably the most targeted. He was the most targeted player in the offense. Um, so I, I think that you, you start with Schultz. You knew what you kind of had going into the season this year with him, a, a guy that could, you know, put up close to 800 yards receiving, six to 800 yards receiving with some, with a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, you knew that he was going into a year that uh, that might have been might be his last with the Cowboys. We'll see how that all breaks down. Uh, and I think that what you saw was a group of a pair of two rookie tight ends uh, kind of step up and show you what the future could look like with them. Uh, if Dalton Schultz were to go and, and if they don't you know, kind of replace him. But I do think that overall you saw a great mixture of, the, of this group. Uh, it was a very deep group. They each had their kind of their own talents. Uh, the Cowboys did a really good job, I thought, of kind of mixing them in and mixing them around and using them to their best of their abilities. All right, let's start with Dalton Schultz, who played on the franchise tag last year. He's going to be a free agent this year. I'll be honest, Landon, I really struggle with him because – when he plays with Dak, right, and Dak's under center, he's really good. Final 11 games of the season, um, 500 yards, five touchdowns. And then you look at the two playoff games, seven catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns, five catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. Like, he just has a really good connection with Dak. But is he more of a product of Dak or is, there some, or is, he, or is he just a, a good talent? 
You know, it's it's kind of tough to tell. I, you know, I've been a Schultz fan since he came out of college. I mean, I, I thought that he is kind of one of those rare guys who came into the league with the technical ability uh, uh, to block, and, and he just needed uh, some strength to be added to him. And, and I think he developed very well, I mean, from a fourth-round tight end to, to where he is now. Um, I think no matter what, he's going to get a big contract uh, this year whether it's with the Cowboys or, you know, with another team. Um, you know, I, I think that he is exactly the type of tight end that you could win with, but you could also get better at, you know, like that. And that's he's where the- I struggle because I feel like he's somewhere between the seventh and ninth best tight end of the league, which is fine. Yeah. But, can you but get it's more? also, but I- it also feels you could feels like you could get the seventh and ninth tight end next year on a deal it's possible about a, a tenth of the cost you know just in draft i mean again that's the, that's part of the issue right is that you have had kind of a um uh a drought in tight end top tight end talent coming out of the draft right like you you've had you've had the 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 kind of stud guys that are at the very very tippy top but not kind of like the deep talented draft class of tight end that you would hope you would you know seen in some of these other positions i think this is the that, that year right this is that year where you've got i, I mean i've just counted out the top of my head maybe four guys who could possibly go in the top 50 right um, i mean there's i've been looking at some boards today potentially five guys in the top 40 you know so, so. yeah i mean that's think it's it's that's the kind of talent that we're talking about coming out so when you compare it to that, when you compare it to the free agent market that you discussed, including guys like Darren Waller and that sort of thing, um, I think that it makes a lot of sense, even for people that like Dalton Schultz a lot, like myself, for the Cowboys to consider moving on from him and just seeing what – or at least having him go out and test the free agent market, see what he can get, and then see what else – see how the rest of the market is playing out because uh, there are there is going to be a large supply of tight ends. And on top of that – You've got two guys in the waiting in the waiting in the wings that I think will develop and have a bigger role on the team next year. Uh, again, I really struggle with Schultz because it does feel like Dak and him have a really good connection. They they, they just know where Dak knows where Schultz is going to be on certain plays and on hot routes. And man, they 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 work really well together. But I've now seen Schultz in the last six games without Dak have a combined twenty nine yards. 29 yards in six games without Dak. And even if you go back to 2020, uh, when Dak missed most of that season, it was kind of a breakout season for Schultz. He was averaging like 31 yards a game. Yeah. So I, I'm starting – at this time last year, I really wanted the Cowboys to sign Schultz to a long-term deal. I'm starting to think now the solution might be to move on, see if you can get a replacement-level player in free agency, and then draft one or develop some of the guys you have because – I think what you're getting could be – I think you could replace 85% of what you're getting pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and depending on, on what you got in free agency and, and really what you decided to do in the draft, you, you could probably get all of it. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, I think you could recreate this year's tight end uh, production uh, pretty easily by having either a free agent or a draft yeah. pick at the top and then just the improvement that you see underneath from guys like Hendershot and Ferguson. Uh, we are going to talk about Jake – uh, Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. We're also going to talk about some free agent names that the Cowboys could go after if Dalton Schultz hits free agency and leave. All of that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you 
by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life has for you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's affordable. Best of all, it's available entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for any reason with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. All right, Landon, let's talk about the two rookie tight ends that the Cowboys mm-hmm. had this year. Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, a day three pick, and then Peyton Hendershot, an undrafted free agent. Uh, Jake Ferguson, 19 catches for 174 yards and two touchdowns. Hendershot, 11 catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. What did you think about their play as rookies? Uh, I thought it was incredibly impressive. I mean, you know, you just like we talked about it before the season, right? That it is a difficult position to learn in on the fly on the NFL, especially coming into college. The, the position's very different uh, in, in the NFL than it is in college, especially. Well, I mean, not especially anywhere, but I mean, just the diff- the position is just used differently throughout college, and not just and not consistently, right? Like I, I think some teams use use them as kind of a fifth or sixth offensive lineman. Some people, uh, some teams use them strictly as kind of off the ball slot, like a big slot player kind of. Uh, and then when you get into the NFL, uh, you kind of are expected to do a little bit of all those things, right? Like you're you're supposed to be a a blocker a a a receiver and and you're supposed to be kind of equally adept at both uh and 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 if you can't do both if you can't like find a way to kind of be at least uh uh you know serviceable at both it's really hard to get onto the field uh and 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 we you know in much the same way that we talked about with jalen tolbert right like if you're not a if you're a wide receiver doesn't play special teams it's hard to make the roster and get on the field so for Hendershot and Ferguson to be good enough at the kind of full part of their game so that they could be put out onto the field, because they're not just out there running routes. I mean, the, the Cowboys put them out there to to block and and and, and as yeah. you know, true tight ends, they they weren't like, you know, necessarily designing special packages for these guys in order to uh, deploy them. They they were being deployed just like regular tight ends. And the fact that both of these guys were able to kind of get out there and get, I mean, I, I have the numbers in front of me over 100 both, yards and touchdowns right and play a yeah, lot of 38 targets between the two of them as well i thought was uh, uh was was really really impressive um so I, I think you know just based on expectations um you know i think obviously ferguson we had more expectations for he was a draft pick you know he's a is a guy that we liked i think he ex- exceeded his expectations in ways we didn't expect uh, and then Hendershot obviously is a guy that you know. I know you specifically were very excited for when he became when he was signed mm-hmm. for, as an undrafted free agent. I I think that we just thought, hey, it'd be great for him to make the roster and you know yeah. be a be a like an a, an inactive guy each week or just to have on your roster on the practice squad. Potentially. He beat out Sean McEwen in training camp for that spot, right? Like. Almost immediately, and and yeah. Sean, and listen, another guy that you really like that's I think is a good tight end, Sean McEwen. Yeah. That wasn't like you know a uh, that was an easy task. I mean, I under, no. understand that hitter shot is, is a more physically gifted player, but like again, right. it is a difficult position to play. So 
I want to take a step. I want to take this opportunity to really give flowers to Lunda Wells for what he did. I mean, yeah. honestly, like one of the best coaching jobs on this team that is not mentioned enough, I think. Uh, really did a fantastic job of getting both Ferguson and Hendershot uh, up to speed and ready to go with where they needed to be. So uh, I thought that Ferguson, um, you know, exceeded what we expected as a receiver. I- I'm pretty sure that he went through the whole season without a single drop uh, and was mm-hmm. without a doubt the best of these tight ends uh, after the catch. I mean, just was was really hard to tackle, took, took short passes on a regular basis mm-hmm. uh, and was able to turn them into big gains with, with after the catch ability. And then Hendershot to me was more of more uh, like he was getting targeted more similarly to what you saw with Dalton Schultz, I think, at times, yes. right? A little bit more downfield, a little bit more uh, go up. And I think of the, the Jacksonville one where he had the touchdown over top of a guy, right? Where exactly. he's running down the sideline. That's a Schultz route more so than what Ferguson was running. Yeah. And so the combination of those two uh, just really fit together. And, and I just, you know, Want to kind of throw out some numbers real quick because I, I looked this up last night and I thought this was interesting. They each had two touchdowns and they each had eight uh, first downs uh, receiving each, which which just was really I thought was a nice balance and it just shows you, um, you know how valuable that position can be uh, when you have guys who can perform like that and, and you can put out there and they're going against you know the defense's last cover guy. It's just a, a mismatch waiting to happen, especially if these guys can continue to improve as receivers. All right, I've got a lot of questions about these two guys for you. So let's let's assume the Cowboys do let go of Dalton Schultz in free agency. How comfortable are you letting? How comfortable are you letting Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot be your tight end one and tight end two next season? I, I mean, I think it's tough, honestly. I, <sighs> I personally, I feel like it's one year too soon. Typically, I, I it takes too. those guys two full years as reserve players before you become a starting level tight end. That's where I'd like to see them get a stopgap option. Like I'm going to throw out a name, like an Austin Hooper level tight end okay. just to cover your basis a little bit until yeah. they're ready, maybe midway through the season. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, you know, I tend to think that they're going to play probably similar amounts, if not maybe slightly, well, they'll play similar amounts of 12 personnel. Let's say that, right? I because agree. I think that, I think that just because of the West Coast office that it contributes to that, there's lots of multiple looks. So they're definitely going to use the tight ends a lot still. Um, I agree that I think that, you know, do I think that Ferguson and Hendershot could do it next year? Yes, I do think that they could do it. Would they thrive? I don't know that they would thrive. I think having a guy on top of them to help kind of facilitate that a little bit further, maybe increase their individual percentages of looks right maybe next year you get an austin hooper we're just throwing that name out there uh but you reduce hooper's you know targets by 25 percent, and then you feed them down to the rest of the tight ends right just kind of give them a healthier (laughs) dose of 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 work i Um, also think it just helps to have that veteran tight end in the room that goes first in all the drills and that those young tight ends can follow right like you can't have sean McEwen be your oldest tight end on the roster like you just can't do that yeah yeah, I mean that's 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 the the thing, right? Is that Sean McEwen's been fantastic, but you know he's he's a 26 year old vet who's been nothing but a, higher than a tight end three, you know. So right, exactly. he doesn't have that kind of in game experience that you want in a veteran tight end. So I agree. I think having another veteran tight end in the room would be very helpful, just with these younger guys, just as an example. And I think it helped Ferguson and Hendershot. They they clearly looked up to Dalton a lot and listened to him a lot. Um, and and I'm 
you know, obviously I think Schultz uh, really took that from, from Witten, you know, and, and from the idea that, that you know, those guys have a, a responsibility to kind of pass that along. So they're not going to have that level of continuity anymore because either Schultz will be gone or whatever. But I think it is important for uh, them to kind of continue to have a veteran presence because, again, it's just a very difficult position to kind of learn and develop in with, without, you know, an example beyond just your coach. We're going to talk in the next segment about what we want the Cowboys to do this offseason regarding tight ends. But it's this whole point that we're talking about now is why it's so hard to envision them drafting a tight end inside the top 50. Because let's say you spend the number 26 pick on Michael Mayer, the, the tight end from Notre Dame. You have the exact same problem we were just talking about where your oldest tight end in your room is Sean McEwen, who's 25, who's been on and off the active roster for three years now. Like, I still feel like you'd need to go out and get a veteran, right? So I, at that point, how many tight ends can you roster? I don't, not five. You just can't Well, I, yeah, I think if that, at that point, if you were targeting a tight end in the draft, like if you wanted to go get Mayer or Washington, um, I think that I think that you probably go – you probably let McEwen go and then bring in a fourth tight end vet, like a Blake Bell type, right? Like sure. maybe, maybe someone who has some skin on the wall or someone – who has been previously a tight end one before that is just like, it's not at that part of their career anymore. And you bring him in as kind of a, 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 you know, a guy to get some snaps here and there, but mostly to be a voice in the room. I think you do that. I mean, that's, that's, it, it all depends that, that on how like they the want to go. Rudolph types or the Nick Finn yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on how they want to go. If they decide that they really want to go get like a stud, uh, tight end in the draft, then yeah, they probably need to bring in a different vet than just Sean McEwen because, you couldn't. You can't just have a tight end room with yep. two first year players and a rookie. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, all right. Let's talk about what we expect the Cowboys to do this off season. More on that in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. We just got done through the football season. We spent the last six months sitting on our couches watching football. Got to try to start getting a little bit healthier as summer approaches. That's why you got to go out and try the Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You're not even going to know that they're good for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Best of all, though, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about going to Built.com, ordering your Built Bars there. But now you can just go to Walmart or Sam's Club to to pick them up. Go right over to the pharmacy section at Walmart, pick up a four box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. And, of course, you can always go to Built.com to check out their huge selection of Built Bars. All right, Landon, there's going to be a lot of movement with this tight end room this offseason. What do you expect the Cowboys to do? I think it's 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 difficult to predict. I mean, I, I tend to think that there will there is a chance that they try to try to work something out with Dalton Schultz, um, right. simply because of the reasons that you mentioned, right? Like that uh, he has some familiarity with the team. He has some familiarity with Dak. There's clearly chemistry there. Um, I think he likes being here. Um, I think that the there's chemistry inside that tight end room that that maybe they don't want to break up. You know. Um, 
I, I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I tend to think that the Cowboys will let Schultz go out and see what the market will, will, will provide for him. Right. Maybe he goes to, uh, to LA and see uh, if uh, his yeah, former coach fear. can, yeah. can, uh, can give him a, a, a big payday. Uh, so to move out to LA but, really quickly here. Here's no. the market. Last year we saw two tight ends get paid. Dawson Knox for the bills got four years, 52 million. David Njoku got four years, 54 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You know, um, I, I tend to think that, uh, it, it it it'll be. I honestly think that the, what will happen here will be a, a, a an indicator more than the reverse. I, I I think I'm interested to see what happens here to kind of point me in the direction of a lot of the other offseason stuff, right? Because 100%. I think if they resign if they resign Schultz, to me that screams like, okay, we understood what we did to Dak with the offensive coordinator. We're trying to still make him more comfortable. No 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 no. We're you know we're 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 gonna make that comfy with this tight end uh, as tight end blankie. Uh, if they, if they like actually don't, you know, make plays, like if they, if they decide, okay, we're, we're going to move on, we're going to do something new here. Um, I mean, I think that that's probably more of uh, an indicator of what's going to happen the rest of the off season than anything else, right. That they're really truly trying to revamp some things. They're trying to do stuff that will change the offense that, that isn't necessarily about making Dak comfortable. Uh, it's about getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that the logical team building uh, argument would be likely to let Jolts go, right? And and to and to see what the just because there's so much uh, uh, supply on the market right now, it's it's going to be easy to replace and potentially replace that production at a cheaper cost, especially when you have needs elsewhere. Um, but I, I, the heartstrings, you know, let's make that comfortable part of this is going to get well, the other way. So the other thing is, I, I do want to tie in the running back position here because I don't see a scenario where the Cowboys move on from Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dalton Schultz all in the same offseason. Hmm. Right. That's a, that's they're just not going to do that to Dak. Right. Yeah. So they're probably going to bring back one of these players. And I, I'm really interested to hear which one Dak would want to bring back. My guess is Schultz. I kind of have a feeling the front office believes, hey, we could bring back Pollard on the franchise tag, which is $4 million cheaper than Dalton Schultz, and then go out and sign a tight end and probably be about the same. But there could be a lot of turnover with those two positions. Yeah, there absolutely could. I mean, it's a position that is uh... – you know, kind of ripe for for change simply because of all the reasons we talked about. There's there's supply there. There's means to change things over. Part of the thing that happens a lot in the off season is te- is is fans get out here and they just like they just want change. They don't care about what's available. They don't care about what's you know what's next. You know, they they just want change. I, I think if you look at the 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 supply and demand aspects of of free agency and draft and that sort of thing. Running back and tight end to make the most sense, not only mm-hmm. because of the of the supply, like I mentioned, but also what you've got currently in your situation. You've got a tight end on an expiring contract. You've got two running backs on expiring contracts. It just makes sense that not everybody's going to come back, especially in years where there is supp- a huge amounts of supply of both of those positions. And because of both of those positions are – uh, kind of unique in how you usually develop those positions, right? Like running backs are positions that you can, 
you could draft right away and plug him in. You know, third rounder can be a starter right away without any issue. Tight end is the opposite end of the spectrum, right? I mean, even worse than wide receiver in some cases where you could draft a tight end, but unless he's an elite, elite guy, he probably isn't going to be necessarily as immediately useful to your team as a normal veteran tight end one. So uh, I do think that both of these positions are ripe for uh, change, but for kind of vastly different reasons. Uh, a couple free agent options. Uh, Mike Gusecki, who was franchised last year, yep. he's going to hit free agency this year. He's more of the athletic down the field type. Yeah. Uh, if the Cowboys want to do that, any interest there? If they want to go that route, the wide receiver route, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like they need another two way guy, uh, to be I honest. Agree. Right? I agree. Like, I think they've so, got, they, if they could get a guy with even decent pass receiving skills, they've got two other guys who clearly are ascending pass catchers. So, um, Evan Ingram is in that same mold, right? He's really yeah. a big slot receiver. Austin Hooper is the, the name that I mentioned. He is a little bit of a two way guy. Uh, time kind of ran out on him in Tennessee. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, who the Cowboys had interested in back in the 2018 draft, he's a free agent. Other than that, I mean, you're looking at the Kyle Rudolphs, the Irv Smith Jr., Jeff Swaim, Robert Tunyon. Jeff Swaim. The Swaim trains back? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I, there, guys. I wouldn't. I would not sign Jeff Swaim. I'll put it that way. Like, I mean, just if, especially if we're going the route that we talked about where you – go get a young tight end, right, to add to this room, and you just want a veteran guy as your fourth tight end, uh, I think a trade-out for McEwen for Jeff Swain would make a lot of sense. All right, I'm going to throw out two more names. One somewhat realistic. The second one probably not realistic at all. Okay. First one, Darren Waller uh, for the Raiders. Some rumblings that maybe the Raiders would move on from Waller. He only has $8 million guaranteed left on his contract. Uh, he is 31, I was gonna but ask, if you I'll want see. the guy that can actually stretch the seam a little bit, Darren Waller does make some sense. I mean, I, I think I would be interested there in like a short ter- like a two-year deal or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Like uh, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Last one. If you want to swing for the fences and you really oh, want to upgrade your tight end room and you really want to add a dynamic weapon, what about a big trade for Kyle Pitts who going into year three – for Atlanta, maybe rebuilding a little bit there. I'm interested, but I, I mean, are they are they interested? I, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, it would probably take. I was telling this to somebody yesterday. It would probably take your first two picks to do that. Now, if you look at it like this, if you were to use your first and second round picks in this draft to trade up, you're probably getting to like 17, 18 range. You're not getting a player as talented as Dare or as as Kyle Pitts at seventeen or eighteen or a tight end that's 23 years old with this athletic ability. Atlanta might be interested in it if they're trying to do a total rebuild, but just a name I thought I'd throw out. They definitely did not have not been using pits enough. Uh, and, and, and there is definitely questions as to whether, you know, Drake London is going to immediately start eating into all his target share. And, and, and honestly, like, that was the one thing about that pick that didn't make a ton of sense to me. They're very redundant. That- Right. They're very redundant. Yeah, they're very similar players, like in, in the way that they win and the way that you want to use them. So I remember seeing this name kind of bantied about as like a trade option. And look, I, I'm a huge Kyle Pitts fan. I'd love to have him on the team. He's a, a freak of nature. He's a total exception to many of the rules that you have about tight ends. And I do think that if you go into this, into that, the reason I think that that makes sense, like honestly, is that, Right now, you're already looking for you know your kind of wide receiver two or three, whatever you want to call yeah. that, 
uh, as uh, someone who can, you know, really move the needle offensively. You want to move the needle offensively? Get Kyle Pitts as your tight end and then sign Odell Beckham as your wide receiver too. Now you're Suddenly now you have an offense that's worth uh, riding home to. You figure out the running back situation. That that honestly is not that difficult. You can you can do whatever you want with with Pollard if you want to uh, – franchise him if you want to let him go and then go you know dip into the the market which is incredible you can do that too but i think that if you're talking about moving the needle look i'll say this from a ten thousand foot view about the offense if you want to move the needle if in player acquisition this offseason the real only way to do it is through the trade yep right you're you're not you're not super aggressive right you're not gonna you're not gonna draft a guy at 26 that is gonna be a a huge offensive needle mover unless someone falls drastically you're not gonna sign somebody in free agents i mean odell beckham would be like i said a nice complimentary a very nice compliment but you're talking about a 31 year old receiver at that point coming off an injury if you want to move the needle if you want to supercharge your offense uh you know, getting a Kyle Pitts in a tight end, you know, pairing him with Ferguson and, and especially really the three of those guys together. Yeah. And you could just do all kinds of crazy things. It, it, as you mentioned, if you want to be aggressive and move the needle, you're going to have to do some things way outside the box and way outside your comfort zone. Right. Because yeah. I think a lot of these other teams have seen what Philadelphia has done or even what the Chiefs have done. The Chiefs yeah. traded for Orlando Brown uh, when he was franchise tagged by the Ravens, gave up a first round pick. And they didn't care because they got a, an elite level player at one of the most important positions. I think you're going to see a lot of teams making aggressive moves like that. Is that the Cowboys? We'll see. We'll see. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow to uh, talk a little offensive line. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. We always love talking offensive line here. Uh, go follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Go check us out on YouTube. Go follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.